Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. I want to thank Joseph. Joseph's back on my right, your guys left, um, for taking me. Joseph, thank you so much for inviting me to your country, your home, um, meeting your family. Uh, What an amazing experience Fish and I had uh, to go just all around Uganda um, and and experience and see what can we do, right? Because Joseph came up and asked me, hey, I see what you're doing in Kenya. Would you come with me to my home country, Uganda? Um, and see what Foundations Church could do. And I'm like, you don't know who you just invited because I will say yes. Um, and I think he was as surprised as I was. But um, as we were going through Uganda, um, there was so much that we saw, so much. Um, it's been several weeks because I didn't just want to come and vomit Uganda on you, right? Um, it needed to be pretty strategic in the way that we are preparing and communicating it. And so um, as, as we went around, there, there's so much uh, need that we saw, a country that has been through genocide where this man named Coney had killed over 100,000 people and taken 60 to 80,000 children and turned him into their soldier, his soldiers, forced them to kill their parents, forced other children and, and females into becoming sex slaves, and this happened for almost 20 years. There's a ton of need. There's a ton of hurt where these people feel overlooked and forgotten, not just from God, but by the world. Um, there are several people in several villages where um, there was a man that we were going to in northern Uganda where he was missing his lips and missing an arm because of the genocide of, of Uganda, what had happened. This country has overcome Ebola. Um, they are still struggling with malaria on a consistent basis. Um, HIV and AIDS is still a very present situation that they are dealing with. And on top of all that, you've got witch doctors and you've got like human sacrifice and child sacrifice happening. And as we were going through one of the villages, Joseph was telling me that uh, in that particular village, he, uh, there was a witch doctor there in one of their huts, they discovered 30 human bodies that he had sacrificed in his own hut. And he goes, so don't wander off. I was like, brother, you ain't getting rid of me. I'm sticking right there. Like, if you're there, I'm there. If you're, like, I don't need a monkey backpack on me for you to pull me back. I am sticking right next to you, brother. Um, so um, there, there's, there's just so much as you look around, so much poverty, so much need. But can I tell you, Man, an amazing country with beautiful people that love the Lord. And, and you're sitting there and you're just going, how did this happen? And, and as I looked at this, several verses started popping into my head. And John 10, 10 was one of them where Jesus says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. And Jesus later on says that, but my come that they may have life and have it to the full. But Jesus is very clear on what Satan's purpose is, and especially when it comes to Uganda, but also to our own world. It's to steal and kill and destroy people's hope, people's purpose, people's like chance to really step into God's purpose for them. 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. 
He is on the prowl, he is on the move, and his mission is to destroy, his mission is to manipulate, his mission is to destruct and to just defeat anything that God wants to do. So what, so what do you do, right, what do you do? This past week, um, my family and I, we went on vacation out to Newport Beach to go surf and ride bikes and do all this stuff, and um, we had a blast, but on our way there, we left Wednesday night after the kids got out of school. We went to the airport. We flew Delta there, and we were flying. Our connection was Salt Lake City. We get into Salt Lake City. Everything's going smooth. Everything's going great. Our 930 uh, uh, connection flight, we're boarding. Everybody boards the plane, okay? I'm talking like everybody boards the plane. Every, you know what I'm talking about. Everybody has put their luggage in the plane, especially that one guy that's got a piece this big and is crushing your backpack. Oh, don't worry, I can fit it, right? Like all the, the babies are set on the plane. Every emotional support animal, including peacocks, have been sat on the plane and you're just going, all right. And after everybody has sat, after everybody has done their thing, the pilot comes out and goes, good evening. Goes, I have bad news and I'm being for real. We are going to have to have you disboard this plane because there is something wrong with the airplane. We will not have an airplane for you tonight, so you are gonna have to spend the night in Salt Lake City. And the, the people in front of us lose their mind. They go, what? What are we going to do? Like, why isn't, and they said this, why isn't anybody else freaking out? What are we going to do, right? And they were women. Um, they were. That's why I'm doing a high-pitched thing. I'm, I'm just telling you the facts. I am a fact checker. Fact check it with my family. It was two California women. Oh, my gosh. What are we going to do? Oh, my Louis Vuitton. Um, like, <laughs> deflate your lips. Anyways. My family looks at me and they're kind of like, I go, we're going to find another flight into LA. Do you know how many air, like airports there are in LA? We're going to find something. We may not get in Orange County, but we're going to find something. So we got off the plane and instead of being, what are we going to do? We found a flight that went into Ontario, which it was not ideal. Our plane took off about an hour later. We got in about 1230. We got to the place we were supposed to stay about 230 in the morning. Um, it was a long day, but can I tell you, we became people of action instead of hopeless. We became people with a plan that we were gonna do something instead of what are we gonna do? And here's what I keep finding, I'm ready to go. We have so many churches, we're looking at our culture, we're looking at our schools, we're looking at our families, we're looking at our neighbors, we're looking at Kenya, we're looking at Uganda, and we say, what are we gonna do? And can I tell you, Foundation Church, that is not going to be us. We are gonna be a church of purpose, we are gonna be a church of action, we're gonna be a church that changes the world. We're gonna be a church that changes the world. So. How do we get there, right? How do, what, what are we gonna do, right? Romans, Paul's talking to the church in Rome. And the church in Rome is very similar to our culture now. We have, he is telling the church in Rome that the people have invented ways, new ways of sinning, right? Sound familiar? That they are a depraved mind. 
that they invent new ways of sinning and that God has, they are full of every kind of wickedness. And this is the reality that they're facing. When you look at Uganda, when you look at the United States, unfortunately, it's full of all kinds of wickedness. People are inventing new ways to sin, new ways to hurt one another, new ways to destroy one another. And if we're not careful, we get defeated, we get discouraged, and we get full of, we lose our hope. But Paul says this, and it is one of my favorite verses in the book of Romans in one of my favorite chapters. In Romans 12, verse 21, it says, do not let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. And I love this because it's such a charge, right? And that's this message today. It's not so much a message to you can do it, you can do it. It's we're going to go do this. It is a charging message for us as the body of Christ. Don't get conquered. Don't get overwhelmed today by the evil you are surrounded by. Don't get overwhelmed today by what you are seeing and the needs that you are seeing because it can become overwhelming. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. So here's what I want us to understand. Good intentions change nothing, but good and Christ-focused actions change the world. Can I tell you, good intentions don't do any. There are churches all over the world that have the best of intentions but have no action behind it. But good Christ-focused actions change the world. James chapter two says this. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. So, what are we going to do about the needs we've seen in Uganda? Here's what we're going to do. First thing is we're going to start taking missions trip to Uganda. Um, we are going to be doing kids camps in Uganda. We're going to be trying to do medical and possibly dental trips to Uganda. We may be doing crusades. The pastors have asked. I'm kind of anti-crusades. But as long as they bleed into churches, because I don't want to build a crowd that points to me. I want to reach people that point to him. Right? That's what we are all about. We exist to make Jesus famous. It's not just a slogan. It is our passion and our belief. We're going to take trips. Many of you have been saying, when can we take a trip? When can we take a trip? This is going to be the place where we're able to make a trip happen that actually impacts that community and that world. The second thing is this. We are going to be partnering with schools. Um, the Christian schools over there are a huge, they have a huge impact. Um, the government-run schools are pretty much worthless. They, they don't do anything. They don't really give the, the kids a good education. But the Christian schools are the front lines of reaching the next generation. When those kids go to a Christian school, they hear about Jesus in a real way. Like, they preach Jesus, like, at their schools. Like, you, you're going to sit there, shut up, and listen, child, because you're going to hear about a man named Jesus. They feed them. That Some of these kids, the only food that they get is that meal at school. They feed them, and they are giving them an education that is giving them an opportunity and a chance at a future. Here's the problem and here's the challenge. As many of these kids, they have, their parents have passed away due to HIV or AIDS. So their grandparents are raising them. Some of them are orphans. And some of the parents, some of the grandparents, some of these children don't have enough money to pay 
the dues that it takes to go to school. So instead of these schools kicking out these children because they can't pay, they keep letting these kids come to school so they can hear about Jesus. They keep letting these kids come to school so they can get a meal. They keep letting these kids come to school so they can get an education so that they can have a chance for their future. And what happens is that these pastors and these lay people that have started these schools that have 300 to 400 kids, they can't pay their teachers. So they start losing great teachers because after a while, a teacher may be able to go one month, but you imagine going one month without a salary and see how you like it. They can't go two months. They've got to provide for the family so they can't keep their teachers and they can't keep, like, it's just overwhelming them. So I said, what can we do? And they said, could you help us with teachers? I go, well, maybe. (laughs) How much is a teacher's salary? And I talked to Joseph and Joseph says a good teacher's salary is $75 a month. I go, how much is a great salary? (laughs) He goes, $100. And I go, we can do that. He goes, I go, how many teachers are we talking? For three schools, three separate schools. You're talking probably almost, I'm going to ballpark something, probably close to 1,000 kids. 46 teachers they have that they need somebody to step up and sponsor them $100 a month. We had 46 starting. Now we have 40. I don't know how much we have left over after our first service. But I said, you know what? We're going to do it. We're not just going to be a church that has good intentions. We're going to be a church that makes steps of faith and has action behind it. So Foundation Church, here's what we're going to be doing. We are asking you right now to go to our website at foundationschurch.tv on there you can sponsor a teacher for a hundred dollars a month it goes directly to that teacher there is no administrative fee there is no fees coming to Justin or any organization it is going directly to those teachers directly where it's supposed to go we're asking you to sign up and for it to be a reoccurring gift it's up there on the screen the other things that we're going to be doing is that their buildings need help Um, They have a pre-K area. The Hope Kids School has a pre-kids area that the classroom needs help. There's holes all in the classroom, and their toilets are not usable. Um, They're they're not usable. Just trust me. Um, They're not. They're like, get in there and take a picture. I'm like, I'm good. I'm good seeing this from a distance. I can tell this needs help, right? Um, It needs help. It's about $1,900. Somebody said, hey, we're going to already pay for that. So we have other kids needs that the Hope Kids preschool and primary school needs furniture. These kids sit on the ground to eat their lunch. I want you to think about that. I want to think about your child. Some of these kids, they had to sit on the ground at school all day on a concrete floor that has holes all in it. Foundation Church, let's just not hope it gets better. Let's do something about it. It costs $3,195 to provide furniture for these kids to eat and have desk, and be able to get an education, and be able to eat like a normal person should be able to eat. All in, we're talking about about $3,200 to provide furniture for these children so that they can experience school at a better level, so that these teachers can have a salary. Because if you're sponsoring a teacher, check this out. You're not just allowing a kid to go to school. You're providing a living and an earning for this teacher to provide for their family that's helping them meet the needs of that family. And it's a huge win for $100. I feel like a salesman right now. For $100 a month, you know, you can get this little bottle of water that your pastor drank from. No, hear me. 
This is what we're, this, is the, this is the second step. The third step is this. We're going to be working with churches. All this is phase one. Some of you are like, well, how long is this going to take? It's going to take as long as we takes to raise the money to do it, and we can do this. The first church that we've already pledged we started doing is a guy named Pastor Gilbert. Um, Pastor Gilbert's church, this is what it looked like. It had holes all in it. Like the walls are broken down. 50% of their church left, and this is up in northern Uganda where the genocide was the worst. And Pastor Gilbert said, we lost 50% of our church because the people said, well, if your God can't even provide a building, why should we follow that God? Because there are Muslims that have come in and they are building mosques that look way better than his church. And can I tell you, Foundation Church, the Muslims are moving in and they're setting up mosques and they're being aggressive and we are losing ground. And I don't like losing at anything, but especially when it comes to building God's kingdom. We are not going to lose when it comes to building God's kingdom. So I told Pastor Gilbert, hey, we will build your church. You tell the town people, we're coming. Foundations Church, your brothers and sisters in Tulsa, Oklahoma are here. We're behind you. We're with you. And when I told him, there's a picture of him and his wife. And his wife starts waving her arm. And while she's waving her arm, she goes, I knew my God was too great to fail. I knew you were coming. You were going to be an answer to prayer that God was sending. And my God is too great to fail me. He's too good to leave me. He's too good for me to not be able to reach my village. Foundations church, we're going to change the world. We're going to partnering with Pastor Albert. Pastor Alfred has a church that they have been meeting under this metal roof with twigs, literally, as they're building for 30 years. 30 years this has been their church. There's 80 people that meet there. For 30 years, this pastor has been pouring in and trying to reach his village, and he says, if we could just get a building, it would take off. I'm like, we can do that. You know how much it costs to build a church, a brick and mortar and a roof and windows and a door? $9,000. $9,000 to absolutely transform this village. Pastor Godfrey's church got blown over by a storm because they weren't able to build it correctly. This is what is left of it, and this is what it looks like. Now they are meeting in a mud hut of one of the believers. They don't have enough room because there's like 95 people that go to that church, that meet at that church, and they're just blowing out. And I said, man, you know what? We can be there. We can build that church. You've got land. What do we need to do? It's $9,000. Our first phase is $28,500 to complete all of these projects, to, to build, to, to be able to provide desks, to be able to fix toilets, to be able to build three churches. It's $28,500. Some of you, you could give it right now. Well, Justin, what do we do when we're done with phase one? We start phase two. Because can I tell you, we're doing this in phases. We're not done. We're never going to come to a place where we're like, ah, we're done, right? No, we're going to keep reaching the world. We're going to change the world. We're going to be purposeful in reaching out and reaching the least and the lost because that's what God has called us to. So if you can help out with this, here's what I'm going to ask you. Go to our website. Go to foundationschurch.tv. On our giving link is a place where you can make a gift to our Uganda missions. And man, I'm believing that we are going to raise all these funds in one month and we'll start going after phase two and seeing God do even bigger things and greater things. Because here's what I told them. I told these pastors and they were all sitting around. I go, hey, I go, well, I'm not a typical white pastor American. <laughs> I'm being honest. I'm not just here for a free trip. I go, we're going to do something. 
Our church is, we're not a typical church. When I say we're gonna do something, we're gonna do something. And they all looked at each other like, ah, finally, right? And Foundation Church, we're gonna do something. Because we exist to make Jesus famous to the ends of the earth, right? That's who we are, that's what we do, and we're gonna be focused on that. But let me focus our attention now on our world right here. Because don't tell me you wanna reach the world and you wanna make Jesus famous and you wanna reach Uganda and you wanna reach Kenya, but you won't reach your own neighborhood. Don't, don't tell me you wanna make, change the, I'm gonna change the world for Jesus, but you won't talk to your coworker about Jesus. Right, don't, don't tell, it's easy to send money, but man, now you gotta have the guts to go talk to somebody about Jesus, to invite somebody to church so they can hear about Jesus. Because hear me, just as we start looking at Uganda and the situation that's happening there, when we take a closer glance of what's happening right here in our own backyard, man, there's a lot of need and a lot of things that aren't ideal. And if we're not careful, we become a church going, well, what are we gonna do? You know, like what, what, What's happening? What are we gonna do? And, and there's stats out. I shared some of these um, during our parenting series, but out of just the Gen Z stats, the generation that was born from 1995 to 2015, it says this, only 9% of Gen Z call themselves engaged Christians. Less than 4% of Gen Zs are biblically literate and it's the first generation to grow up in a post-Christian society. Even more so than that, only 30% of the United States population goes to church on a regular basis. That means, if you're any good at math, 70% of the United States population doesn't go to church more regularly than goes. More churches are shutting down than our opening for the first time in our history. This is pre-COVID. In 2019, 4,500 churches closed in 2019, while only 3,000 new churches opened. We have constant school shootings. Our society is more divided than it ever has been before. You're free to have an opinion till that opinion is no longer the popular mantra of the society. We call right wrong and wrong right. Sinning is okay, but calling things sin is not okay. We have cards that our parents and grandparents filled out about how to pray for your kids and your grandparents. And can I tell you, man, every need and every situation that was written was heavy. There are some heavy deals and heavy things that families and parents and homes are dealing with, right? Evil is all around us. Compromise is rampant and truth being spoken in love is nowhere to be found in our churches. So what do we do? How do we change this place and our world in the Tulsa metro area? John chapter four, verse 39 through 42 talks about the Samaritan woman that was the woman at the well. And we know this story really well. Um, this is a, a time where Jesus meets this woman at the well. His disciples have taken off to go find food and supplies and Jesus is just hanging out at this well in the middle of the day and this woman walks up to get water and Jesus starts talking to her and engaging with her. And the disciples come back and they are freaking out because Jesus is talking to this woman, right? And there's several reasons that they're freaking out because Jesus is talking, A, to a woman. Secondly, he's talking to a Samaritan woman. Jews didn't interact with Samaritan women um, or Samaritans. And then thirdly, this woman has got her a reputation. 
She has been married and married and married and married, and now she's shacking up. It's the first record that we have of a woman shacking up in the Bible, um, and she's shacking up with this guy that ain't even her husband, and Jesus' like, well, go get your husband, right? Go get your husband, and she's like, well, the guy, she's like, he's like, yeah, the guy you're living with ain't even your husband right now, is he? And she's like, how'd you know? And he starts telling her that he's the Messiah, He starts telling her that, man, you're pulling water out of this well and you're gonna be thirsty again. But if you start taking hold of the life that I have for you, you're gonna take hold of something and you're never gonna thirst again and it's gonna fulfill your life. And here's what happens in verse 39 that we don't talk a lot about. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I did. Let's pause for just a second. This woman had to go to the well in the middle of the day because nobody liked her, right? No, but she was not welcomed with the rest of the women. And the women weren't gonna talk to her. You better believe she wasn't allowed to talk to somebody else's husband. Get away from my husband, ho, right? Like that is not, that is not, yo man, like that's my guy, right? Stay away from him. And this is, this is the reality. And it says many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had, they're listening to a woman they would never have listened to before. And when they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believed. And then they said to the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, we actually listened but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. You know what this shows me? It shows me this, that when you find Jesus, you help others find Jesus too. Like when you find Jesus and when you've been changed, you can't help but others, help others find Jesus and change because of Jesus too. And this woman goes out and she's living out one of our values, that we are found people that will find people. They, she goes out and she talks about that, what her life was before and how it has been transformed. And here's what I have found out. When your life has truly been changed, when your life has truly been transformed, when you got a new identity in Christ, this is what I was before, but this is what I am now. When the slate has been wiped clean, heck, you get a new slate. It's not even the same slate anymore. And you got a new name that's written down in glory to go old school. Can I tell you, you can't help but tell people about Jesus. You can't help but remember who you were and what you were and how you were treated. And you can't help but go out and change the world. So here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to invite like this Samaritan woman. I'm asking you to invite like a crazy person this next month. We got Easter coming up next Sunday. People will come if you ask them. People will come to church if you ask. Most people don't go to church because they don't know where to go, right? And and Foundation Church, we're here to reach people. We're here to make heaven as crowded as we can. That's our job, that's our goal, that's our mantra. And hear me, I want you to invite people to come with you. We have a Saturday service. Some of you, I need you to come to Saturday service at 5.30. What? Saturday night service for Easter, yeah so that we can make more room in this service for others. I need some of you to come to our nine o'clock service because you're like, I'm not coming to Saturday night service because Jesus isn't alive on Saturday. He's just alive on Sunday. So, um, I need you to come to Sunday at nine o'clock then because Jesus is awake at nine o'clock on Sunday. I need you to invite, I do. 
unashamedly, hey, let's go reach our village. Let's go reach our neighborhoods. Let's go reach our coworkers. Let's be people. of How do we change the world? You change it by changing your world. You know why it starts happening? When Nate starts changing his world and Crystal starts changing his world and Ginger starts changing their world and Joe starts changing their world and Adam and Nadia start changing their world, we start changing the world. You're never gonna change the world as a whole if you're not willing to change the world you find yourself in. And you gotta be the Samaritan woman in your own village, in your own world, so that we can change the world. Let me ask you for help. Sunday, Saturday night, we need 15 volunteers to be in first impression people. That means you're greeting. That means you're outside waving at people. That means you're helping serve coffee. I think we're going to have coffee Saturday night. Why let them go asleep? Um, but we're going to, we need 15 people to sign up. Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, we need three people to help serve in the 9 o'clock kids service. Some of you are like, did you just say kids? <laughs> One week. Three of you, 9 o'clock. Struggling to wake up and go to a kid's service at 9 in the morning. And some of you, I need three other volunteers for our 1030 service in the kids' area. I'm asking you to invite and invest, right? Because our ability to grow is directly tied to our willingness to serve. Man, we've got a huge, huge month. And if you're willing to serve, I'm going to ask you to get your phone out again. Some of you are like, man, you're aggressive today. Let the big dog eat, Joe. <laughs> Text your name to this number that's on your screen right now. We will follow up with you. If you can help us out, that would be great. Let me say this. For the whole month of April, it is a fantastic time for us to be people with our hair on fire to reach this world. April 16th, we have Baptism Sunday that's happening. If you've never been baptized, man, you need to sign up. If you got baptized but you didn't know what you were doing, we want to make sure that it is a huge step in your relationship with Jesus. Sign up online, foundationschurch.tv. April 23rd, we have Friends Day. What's Friends Day? It is a day that we have food trucks here. We've got inflatables. We've got petting zoo. We've got face paint for all the grown adult men. We've got all these things that are happening and we want you, we'll have the choir back singing during worship. We're going to have all these things going. You know what we want you to do? Why do we do these things? So that it makes it easy for you to invite people to come to church. April 30th is our newcomers lunch. May, the first few weeks in May, we got, we got graduation Sunday. Then we got Mother's Day. We got all kinds of things happening. We just have to make sure that we are being people who are going to be people of action instead of good intentions. We're going to be partnering with CityServe to reach our city in a more impactful way. We're going to be helping women that are leaving domestic abuse to help furnish their apartments and help furnish and be there in a time of need. We're going to be helping single parents who can't provide furnishings for their home. Why? Because we want to be a tangible step in people, not of just good intentions, but people that are taking real steps of action that we don't have a dead faith, but we have an alive faith. We're going to be doing a back to school outreach where we are providing school supplies and backpacks for kids that are, we are sponsoring those schools. Why are we doing this? Because instead of saying, what are we going to do? Let's be a church that's actually doing something, that's actually making a difference, that's actually making an impact. Here's the challenge. We got to be like anybody. Don't be like anybody. Instead, live like no one. Can I tell you, that's, that's a challenge. That's my charge to you today. It's don't go be like anybody, but instead live like no one. Can I tell you, anybody, anybody can gripe and complain about the world. Anybody 
can pout about how their situation isn't fair and how this world isn't fair. Any church can gripe and complain about the function and the reality of schools and what has happened in the world, but it takes someone to become like no one else to make a change. And I believe this, the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well, she was like any old sinner. She was like any old woman, right? That had been making poor mistakes and poor choices that led her to a life, but she became like no one else in her village once she met Jesus, it changed everything, and she became like no one else. In Foundation Church, that's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to be like no one else, because when your life encounters Jesus, something changes, and you can go and be an agent of change, and instead of griping and instead of pouting about your world, you go change your world unlike anyone else. Let's be a church that Tulsa has never seen before, because unlike any other church, we're being a church full of action, full of faith, full of follow-through, because we we are here to change. Foundation Church, I believe this. We can absolutely change the world. We can change the world. I've been walking around my house all week looking at Casey, and she thinks I'm possessed. I'm like, Casey, we're going to change the world. She's like, okay. I'm like, no. Like, you don't understand. We're going to change the world. Like, I'm, I believe it. I, I, I got I to go. Um, one of my favorite cookies are Milano double dark chocolate cookies. Now, 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 this is after Oreos, okay? So, but number two cookie. This is my adult cookie. When I was a child. Anyways, um, <clears throat> but you got to get the double dark chocolate. You can't just get the single dark chocolate because that's for dumb people. Um, <laughs> double dark chocolate. Some of you are like, I like the single dark. Okay, anyways, here's the deal. On their own, nah, it's not that great, right? It's just an average junky cookie. Like if you, if you just eat this cookie by itself, it's just bad, right? But Chloe had some friends over yesterday and they were like, I opened these up, not these, the other package that I bought too. <laughs> Illustration, I had to discover it, make sure I was telling the truth. And, and they started eating cookies. I'm like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? They're like eating a Milano cookie. I'm like, no, you're not eating it right. When this meets coffee, changes everything. I'm, tell, I'm telling the truth. Even if you don't like coffee, because one of them didn't like coffee, I'm like, just, you just dab it. You don't soak it like an Oreo, because then it's mushy. You just hit it, like just encounter it, bop, and you eat that bad boy, heaven comes down in your mouth. I'm telling you, I think that's what happened on the day of Pentecost, like, boom, just a holy, woo, right? It transforms the whole entire, because on its own, it's just an average junkie cook. Some of you are like, Justin, I just don't know if I can do this. Justin, I just don't know if I'm a world changer. Justin, I just, I'm, I'm just this. Hear me, hear me. Every one of us here, we're just an average person. Some of you, you're like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that you're saying I'm an average person because my mama told me I'm special. She's a liar. <clears throat> Listen, I am an average pastor at best. I'm an average speaker. I'm an average person that has one gift and it's running my mouth way too long, right? That's it. I've got no music ability. There's better leaders. There's better pastors. There's better preachers. But can I tell you, when my life encountered Jesus Christ, something happened and it changed and it transformed. And when my life got full of the Holy Spirit, there was a transformation that happened. And some of you, you may just be average today. Some of you, you may be below average, just like the woman at the well. But hear me, when they're 
life encountered Jesus Christ, when the woman at the well encountered Jesus Christ, she became a world changer. When a normal shepherd, average shepherd boy, encountered Jesus Christ in the Holy Spirit, he became a giant killer. When a murdering stutterer encountered the, the presence of God, he became the best freedom fighter and leader known as Moses that the world has ever seen. When 12 ordinary men encountered Jesus, they were dysfunctional, they had no education, they had no, no prior public speaking engagements, but when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they became world changers. And if it happened for them, hear me, it can happen right here in this place. You can change the world, Foundation Church. You can do it. I know you may feel average, but man, when God comes into the equation, he changes everything. So Foundation Church, what I'm asking you to do is this. Don't be a church of good intentions, but no follow through and no faith. But let's be people that take tangible steps of faith and actions that are Christ-centered that changes the world. Let's stand up in this place and pray. Lord, we love you. We love you and I thank you for today. God, I pray that in this place, we would be doers of your word. Lord, your word says in Matthew 5, 14 through 16, that we are the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. 2 Corinthians 5, 20 says we are Christ ambassadors. We are Christ representatives to this world. And so, Lord, I pray today that we would take a look at our own lives and see what part do we play in this role. God, I'm convinced I don't wanna be a church that says, what are we gonna do? I don't wanna be a church that just complains about the world and the current circumstances that we're facing. But dear God, would you come down into this place, Holy Spirit, and fill us and equip us and empower us to go out of these doors and make Jesus famous. Go out of these doors and change the world. God, because the world's depending on it. Souls are depending on it. God, I pray that there would be a passion and a fire that's not just in a pastor today, but Lord, that is in a body of Christ that's like, we're gonna go change the world. Lord, I pray, move in us. Lord, some of us, we've fallen asleep. Lord, I pray, waken the beast inside of us once again. Lord, waken that spiritual giant that has gone dormant in us again. So Lord, you have great things for us. Lord, you've got incredible things. If we will just be faithful to do what you're asking and what you're calling. So Lord, move. Move in this body of believers. Lord, let us change the world. Let us make you famous in everything that we do. It's in Jesus' name I pray. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.